Welcome to the Interviews Podcast. Welcome, Interisti, to episode 26 of the Interviews Pod. We are here for the post-match Inter-Atalanta, which finishes 3-2 to the hosts. Goals in the first minute for Lukaku, the third for Barella. Pasalic pulls him back in the 36th. Lautaro gets his 21st of the campaign in the 77th, and then... It's listed as an Onana own goal, but it was a Luis Muriel uh, kick in the 91st minute to make it 3-2. With this victory, Inter secures top four for next season. We are finishing this campaign just knocking down objective after objective. As always, I am one half of your co-hosting duo, Alessandro Rafa. I'm here with Johnny Paterno. Johnny, two out of three. Two out of three, what we're looking for. How do you feel after today's performance? Honestly, I feel I feel great. I think that was a great win for the boys. I think they came out buzzing, which I loved. Um, I'm glad that now we could definitely make sure that all key players can rest before the Champions League final. Like I would not want to risk any injury, any anything. Like there's no reason to play anyone of importance in this final game. So uh, I'm just glad they were able to to wrap it up now. I mean, a tie would have been enough, but you know what? To get the three points, it's 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 great. Um, you know, uh, both both goals don't really concern me. I'm 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 satisfied with the way this uh, this whole thing went out. So. Uh, yeah, a couple things there. So first, um, I mentioned it in the group chat. I also think that we should uh, like go full rest mode. The argument is basically, do you want um, your players in like their best form before the big game? Obviously, you want them to get minutes with each other, or do you want to avoid um, injuries? So I'm on the same page with you. An injury to any of our starters right now will have a significant impact on the game against City. Our squad players are just not up to par. And even like the top line of our bench, like Mikitarian, you know, he's coming off an injury as well. Uh, and he's hurt. Jekko, like, you know, old player. Um, so I would avoid, you know, playing people against Torino. And then uh, the second thing, like the goals that you mentioned, nothing you can do on the Muriel goal. And then D'Ambrosio is the reason for uh, the first goal, which he's not going to take part in the uh, Champions League final. Fingers crossed. So, yeah, n- nothing to worry about. Um, we came out flying, like absolutely flying out of the blocks. And... Um, like one of my biggest takeaways was if this is our our attack and midfield that's going to start the uh, the Champions League final, you wanted them to get minutes, and they looked very very good, very very good. I would say they looked incredible. They really did. Um, Lukaku looked like a man possessed. Lautaro's passing 
he really is the most complete striker in the world. And even though, um, you know, Nasario brought up some ridiculous allegations, some ridiculous tweets, trying to paint me in a negative light because of tweets I said during a crime of passion, really, about Lautaro. Um, you know, it's uh, it's just it's amazing to see the form that he's in, and I'm actually starting to agree with with Nazario's even saying he's pushing the the Ballon d'Or agenda if we win the UCL, and I think if we do, my goodness, it's I mean I I know they're going to give it to Messi. It's it's kind of an empty trophy. It's a popularity contest, really. But it as long as he's really up there in in consideration, I'll be I'll be thrilled. And I just saw an interesting statistic. Very interesting. It was brought to my attention by Nima Tovali Rudsari. Going into the Champions League final, Diego Milito had 28 goals. He bags a brace and he finishes the season on 30. Guess how many goals in all competitions Lautaro Martinez has right now? 28. 28. So. If he gets a brace in the final, bro, it's written in the it's written in the stars, my guy. Like that that part of this whole situation is actually making me nervous because the signs are like so so on Inter's side that I'm I'm you know you know the saying like history repeats itself and everything is lining up so perfectly that it's making me nervous have you seen the uh the other the other one that i really liked was that in 2010 we had the best cameroonian player in the world and we won the champions league and now we have it again yeah there's there's the onana thing there's the mikitarian and pandev being you the hairline know, basically... thing <laughs> the same looking player there's the lautaro milito stuff there's the egg which i hope simona is making omelets for the next two weeks as he watches uh city's body language but there's the croatian stuff yeah um i mean dude i'm <sighs> realistically realistically i give us like a 30 percent chance of winning this game but my heart says a hundred percent like i'm my heart's telling my mind that yo this is it bro this is happening and if we play the way we did today in the beginning we come out guns blazing with them and even when there we, we invited pressure the way we were able to break out and have good fluid passing coming out of the back onana being such a weapon with his long passes dude i really i, I believe i believe yeah, I'm not going to be the fan that's like, oh, we got this like 110%. It's a very, very tall, tall ask um, of Inter to to go against City right now. Like, you know, they are what they are. Um, they have a, a squad filled with some of the best players in the world at their positions. But what I'm very, very firmly in the camp of is people are underestimating Inter to a degree that works in our favor. Like if you think that we're that much of an underdog and you haven't watched us this year in big games or when our backs are against the wall, like I'm okay being in this position because I know 
I know what the guys are capable of. Um, this is a really, really strong team. And I think the question that I have for you, John Nee, like, you know, what's been on my mind about this a lot now that we've secured that second objective and it's basically just the final to go. If the result in the final doesn't go our way, how do you feel about this team at the end of the year? Because honestly, I know what it says on paper, the 12 losses, but I can't, I can't dismiss what this team did in the last month, month and a half of the season to even make all of this stuff possible. It really, it's been incredible to watch. It has, it really has been incredible to watch. Um, when you look at the team as a whole, yes, the, in the league, it's been very disappointing. You know, 12 losses in, in the league is, is unacceptable. And I think if you ask any Interista, they would agree with that. Um, but when you look at how far we've got, gotten in the Champions League, any one of us would have been happy with just a quarterfinal appearance. Sure, once we saw how the bracket played out, then of course we started to believe. But in the beginning of the year, any would have been, well, actually, anyone would have been happy if we made it out of the, the group stage, given what our, we got as the group. And then on top of it, to get to the quarterfinals, we would have been overjoyed. And now that we're in the finals, I mean, what a massive success. And, and we, are, we are the David. Like, Man City is Goliath. All the odds are stacked against us. Everyone's betting against us. Everyone is already crowning them treble winners. Like, okay, all right, so we're done, right? We're done. There's no reason for us to show up. They're basically saying that, that Man City is going to wipe the floor with us. This team has a chance to do something so incredible. I mean, and then if they do it, the way I see it, it's like if you're Steven Chang, there's no way you can't reward them. And I'm not even saying with, with better, con well, obviously with better contracts, but I'm, I'm, I'm not even saying like that specifically, like reinforce, go get that second star, like show this team that they have a reason to stick around. Like it's already come out that nobody wants to leave. That everyone wants to stay and continue this project. Um, uh, besides the obvious, the Gagliardini's and the Ambrosios, they could all leave. No one's gonna care. But like all the all the key players, and who knows? I mean, it's it's just. And even if they don't win, if they really don't win, as long as they play their hardest, like I don't want like you know, a five nothing thrashing or something embarrassing. But if they lose like two one, three two, whatever, I, I I'll still be proud of them. Because the odds are against them. It's everything is stacked against them. City have spent so much money to build this super team that if they can beat them, and even though, like, I mean, Nazario and, and I kind of, you know, we we were talking with Nima about, you know, the the starting 11s, comparing them and who, you know, who would you take at what position, whatever. Outside of outside of, you know, I'll take Onana over Ederson. Of course, you, you you know you look at the midfields. To me, it's a wash. I don't think that their mid midfield is that much better than us. I don't think that we're you know leaps and bounds. But I think that we have the most complete midfield. I'll argue that. But you know, De Bruyne is De Bruyne. He's unbelievable. You know what Rodri Rodri does. Um, and depending on if they start Gundogan or if they 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 slot Bernardo Silva there or however, I mean, because you know how Pep likes to tinker and he and he overthinks and over. And that's what I'm banking on. I'm hoping that he. One, he overthinks. Two, that Man City like doesn't take us seriously. I don't think they see us as a real threat. And you know, I think they're more focused on the FA Cup because I think they they think that that's 
going to be the hardest matchup for them. And I would I would argue that, no, we're going to be your hardest matchup. You haven't f- faced a, a... I can't think of a team that they've honestly gone up against, whether it's in the league or Champions League, that has a two-forward system with two forwards who could really bang in a hat-trick each. So, I mean, good luck, man. Like, I, I don't... I think Ake's a joke. I think Kyle Walker, I mean, yeah, he's got pace, but I don't think he's good defensively. So I really think that we can pull off the upset. Of the, like, this will be a bigger upset, in my opinion, not because of, of, I think our team is better than what Chelsea did and, and the team that, you know, Thomas Tuchel won with against Man City. But I think that in terms of play style and in terms of what the Serie A is viewed as across the world, I think this would be a bigger upset and more demoralizing to to Manchester City than than the loss against Chelsea, and and it's essentially the same team going up against them, except for they have Erling Holland. That's the only difference that they have compared to when they lost to to Chelsea. So the um, the conversation around this final is actually really reminding me of the Euros with uh, England and Italy. Like it got to the point where it was just so expected that England was going to do it. Like it's coming home. It's coming home that it it's kind of given off the same feeling like man city has to do it. Like how much of the conversation have you seen from like the major outlets like ESPN or, or Paramount where they're talking about man city. Um, they're comparing a treble from man city with man United back in the day. Like that's what the conversation is. And I'm fine with that. Like, you know, believe believe what yeah, you want crown, to believe. Just crown, just crown them already. It's the same thing. You know, like IFTV did the same thing with Napoli. Before the season was already over, they were already saying that this is the greatest Italian team ever. They won one trophy. And now you got this team. It hasn't even been done yet. Like it's not but they're already saying that they're gonna they've they've beaten Man U, they've beaten us. Okay. Okay. You know. The other thing, like you bring up Napoli, the other thing that's been on my mind, especially with the performances out of uh, Lukaku and Brozovic recently, I've been thinking, what would the equivalent be for Napoli for star players to have been lost for like four or five months of the season, right? Even if you think, so let's say Lautaro is Osiman, then, you know, Lukaku is our second option. So let's take out Kabata for four months. And if you want to compare Brozovic in the midfield, like get rid of Angisa or get rid of Lobotka, do you think that team wins the title? Like, no, it's really hard. It's really hard to reach your objectives when two of the best players, like arguably two of the best players on your team are out for four or five months. And it's really, really making me rethink this season and the achievements that we've had it's making me think about it in a different light like how long you had to train Hakan in a different role and you had to play with a 37 year old Jekko for a majority of the season like I wonder you know I I wonder bro just look at the way Napoli finished last year when they lost Osimhen for all those months when he when he collided with uh Skriniar in the header, like they 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 fell apart. If they got one injury to either Cavada or Osimen, and they miss substantial amounts of the season, I, I don't I don't think we're talking about them this season. Like so, like let's. 
I'm not trying to discredit what they did. Fantastic season. Obviously, they won by such a large margin. It's it's, it's very embarrassing for the rest of the league, not just Inter. But at the same time, too, they, they pretty much had every you know, statistical advantage and numerical advantage and, and, and were probably one of the, if not the healthiest teams in in Italy. Like, of course, things are going to go well for you. You know, like like Milan lost Magnan. And then we, you know, we, you know, we lost, uh, like you said, Lukaku and Brozovic. Uh, I mean, Juve's Juve, whatever. But like the two probably biggest potential contenders. I mean, most people had Milan and Inter finishing 1-2 again. How you want to flip that, whatever. Nobody was really picking Napoli to win. So, I mean, when your two biggest competitors are are, are injury-ridden, things are going to play out for you. And, and good good for you guys. So, like, they yeah, took advantage like, of every opportunity they had, too. They had to win the games that they played against. We lost to teams we shouldn't have lost to. So That's exactly right. Like, luck throughout a season plays a big, big role in um, in what happens throughout the season. So... They were able to do what they did, no disrespect to them, but it's just something like as an Inter fan, you you reflect on a little bit and think about what could have been. Regardless, let's talk about this game. So Inter comes out of the block, you know, firing um, Lukaku and Lautaro combined. Lukaku shows a composure in front of goal that it's just so, so encouraging to see. Um, you know, gets the breakaway, gets a good goal, a goal that I could see happening against a high line of Man City's as well. Um, Atalanta also plays with the high line, so you can just sort of easily see how that could happen in the final. But I love, again, beautiful finish, one of the best midfielders in the world, um, putting it away. And then I do want to talk about, you know, sort of what happened after we took that 2 nothing lead and whether or not uh, it concerns you at all. We took our foot off the gas. It's it's to be expected that these things can happen. I think the conversation on Twitter was, you know, sort of freaking out that um, we weren't, you know, putting the pedal to the metal there. But how do you feel about after we went up to nothing, how we performed for the rest of that, that first half? Because it wasn't, you know, Atalanta did impose themselves in the game. Yeah, it looked like, like you said, like, yeah, we took the our foot off the gas there and, and weren't really, I think we kind of just thought that's it. There's no way they score two on us, let alone three, whatever. Um, we've got this in the bag and let's just take it easy and, and, and you know, make sure we avoid any any big uh, big injuries or anything. Um, I, I, I know they gave up the goal late in the half, but I wasn't really threatened or felt threatened. I mean, I felt pretty comfortable. Um you know, again, like if D'Ambrosio is not there or if he clears the ball the first time, I mean, he whiffed on it completely. Right. Do they score? No. So it's like, OK, fine. That happened. Um, and then, it, you know, like we came out in the second half looking to just finish them off, just kill off the game. I think they we, we dominated it the entire way. And <sighs> this is stuff that, you know, I mean, people look at, you know, like, oh, if they play the way they did against Fiorentina, they're going to get steamrolled by Man City. Oh, if they do this against Man City, they're gonna get you know. Okay, true. But are we? I just think that we're trying to to stay fresh and then mentally prepared for that game. I think even though they're not gonna say it, I think all of them have an eye on 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 Istanbul and what's coming up. So, is it the right mindset? Probably not. But I also can understand why they're why 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 things did you know 
play out the way they did. They had such a flying start. It's it's hard to to stay fully focused when you just kind of steamroll them and shock them that fast. The three two goals in three minutes is insane. Yeah, a lot of managers talk about like managing different moments in the game, and this Inter they show that they can manage different moments. And you know what the switch was. They went from, like, I didn't mind that Atalanta was dominating possession for a period of time, but what was happening was Atalanta would threaten and then Inter would clear the ball. Like, you know, again, it's sort of like you're taking a bit of a rest. Like, instead of, you know, playing out the back, you just clear the ball, reset, and keep going. So they did that for a period of time. And then when it was time to get back in the game they switched from Atalanta threatening to clearing the ball to Atalanta threatening and then calmly playing out the back. And we saw a lot of good actions from Bastoni, Chala, Brozzo. Chala and Brozzo, they they link up beautifully when they both drop deep. It's really, really encouraging to see. And having strikers like Lautaro and Lukaku are sort of perfect for that style of play because they do um, a terrific job of you know, holding onto the ball long enough for the rest of the team to get into their shape and and move forward. So, you know, the second half was much better. Eventually, we get our breakthrough with Brozovic. Uh, Lukaku playing a beautiful ball into Brozovic, streaking into the area, lays it off for Lataro. Lataro gets his goal. 21st, two behind Osimen heading into the Torino game. I'm happy that Brozo laid it off to him. But... There's not a ton to say other than it was a super professional performance. And like you said earlier in the pod, not worried at all about the goals that were scored against us. Like you don't you don't expect that to be the case uh, in the big game that we have left. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's nothing nothing really to say. There's not too much to look into. I think that this was just a really good um let's just try to to clinch qualification performance, but essentially. Like they they did what they had to get done they they showed great movement off the ball passing was on point you know all our key players looked very sharp um so yeah there's really nothing to to complain about nothing to really worry about with it so i'm i'm gonna yeah i'm not gonna freak out or or, or think anything of of what what happened there so uh do you have anything else to say about this game i, I kind of feel like you know, very, yeah, very nothing, straightforward. Nothing, nothing really about this game. Um, yeah, it's 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 kind of yeah, kind of pretty cut and dry. You know, you know, you listen. We got the three points, qualification sealed. Let's rest the boys. I I I would love to see Cordas play the game against Torino. I don't. I know he's not gonna. I know they're gonna give it to Handanovic, but he's retiring, man. Like, just let the guy have. He hasn't played or like yeah, made an appearance for inter since i think 2001 2002 maybe so like what 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 i mean come on let the guy let the guy have an appearance have a nice send off i would love to see the kids from the primavera team get some minutes um that's that's really it you know yeah i know it's a good position to be in when you can sort of give uh, a send off to to the guys that um are part of your squad basically to be there to mentor the young players and to just keep the locker room together. So yeah, I agree with you. Um, you're man of the match. It's gotta be Lautaro Martinez. I mean, the guy was from start to finish incredible. His passing, his, his vision. I mean, 
he's the, I don't even know what what other adjectives to to attach to his name. The guy is just on, clicking on all cylinders and at, and at the right time too, which is huge. Yeah, I agree. Um, captain, captain like performance from him today. So, yeah, really, really proud. Really proud of the boys. Proud of Simone. Congratulations on the top four qualification, and uh, we move on. We move forward. Yeah. Yeah, and then uh, I think the only thing that um, that I want to say is, you know, like we're still trying to figure out, again, um, where we're going to watch the final. Um, try, again, if anyone has any ideas, please send them over either to the Interviews Pod uh, Twitter account or to myself or Alessandro on Twitter or even to the Instagram account if you follow us there. Um we we would love to get together with as many people as possible, man, and uh, to be able to enjoy this uh, this massive massive game. So, yeah, please. Yeah, we'll make another post uh, reminding you guys for sure. Um, outside of that, I think we're good. Yeah, man, this was a a pretty pretty cut and dry one. Like I said, easy going, bro. Three points, three goals. Let's go. Feeling good. We'll see you for Torino in the words of the great Roberto Scarpini. Forza ragazzi, forza ragazzi, forza ragazzi. Forza ragazzi.